this is Tova Havis. This is our first podcast in a while, and I'm thrilled to have here with us students from Secondary 5 and teacher Jeff Bichet. So I'll just let everyone introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Haley Langleven. I'm in 5B. Oh, hi, I'm Juliana Gelber. I'm also in 5B. Jeff Bichet, I am not in 5B. <laughs> I'm sir. Benjamin Torgman, and I'm also in 5B. Thank you guys so much for participating. I'm actually really excited about this. One of the core values and goals as a community is Israel engagement. We see Israel in the media on a daily basis, often is portrayed negatively, and sometimes positively. As part of our daily experience at school, we're teaching Israel and we're helping our students engage with Israel. This is a natural path towards awareness and advocacy, especially as you guys go on to CJEP and beyond. Within our Jewish history and Jewish studies classes, we're addressing a whole bunch of issues and topics. Sometimes those are, I guess, a little bit challenging and other times historic, and some are in development as we speak. In all of this, our students see that Israel is very much a part of the worldwide community. I, I, I'll yeah. let you yeah. guys to speak yeah. to that after. <laughs> and um, that there's been this global rush to resolve the current challenges that we're, say, that we're facing. So with all of this, I'm going to actually pass this over to you guys and to Jeff. But I wanted to ask you and Benji, we're going to start with you. How is Israel being presented in the media in light of the current worldwide pandemic? Or how do you see it as being presented? I think Israel is being portrayed in a very positive way. And when lots of people, lots of people speak about it negatively, and it's good to finally see Israel seen in a positive way they're at like they're very advanced in their vaccination compared to most countries around the world and yeah it's just nice to see yeah i agree i think that often or almost all the time israel's criticized for things that really are very controversial and now a lot of people who you would never expect to have rushed to support the country in their new developments it's just yeah. nice to see well, they were very eloquent about that. I'm probably not. Um, I think they're right that Israel's getting a really good reputation from what's going on here, and it's allowing people to see Israel in a different light as a, a world leader, and they're able to acknowledge it now, which is incredible. So le let me ask you a question. Comes around, we may be at, we meaning Canadians, may be at 50% of our population, although our government is saying more, Israel should be done by September. By Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, Israel should be done. Does that shock you? Oh, yes and no. Yes, I'm shocked that they have such crazy statistics and that they're so far ahead of everyone, but I'm not shocked that they were the ones to do this because they have the technology and they have the infrastructure and we're always hearing about how Israel is so advanced and they're always looking for new innovations. So I'm not shocked that they've been able to vaccinate so quickly because they have the things in place to do it. Yeah, like Juliana said, it's, it's like the statistics themselves are shocking, like it's so impressive. But we've been, I know I have been in Jewish education all my life in um, Jewish school, so I've been able to see really how, I, I've been shown the positive qualities of Israel because they're talked about so frequently in my family. So I'm not shocked that it was Israel, but I mean, for a lot of, for the rest of the world, who a lot of people only view Israel as like that. So, I, so I'm so i sitting there and I'm thinking about this a little bit and, I, and I'm saying to myself, 
Yes, the infrastructure is there. Yes, their leadership is there when it comes to the world. Um, many people turn to Israel and say, that's the startup nation. So again, it shouldn't be a shock that Israel would be that leader. But then if I look at the other four countries that are leaders, right? So right, I mean, right now the numbers have changed, but let's go with last week what the other four countries were. United States, Great Britain, so England, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates, and then there was Israel, who was ahead percentage-wise, right ahead. What do those countries, those five countries, what do, they, what do you think they have in common? I want to share with you, and I want you to tell me what you think about this. Mm -hmm. What I think of when I look at those five countries is that all, three, all five of them are, are as democratic as they could be in their area. So the UAE is not democratic like, like United States or Great Britain, but they're more open to democracy than, let's say, some of their neighbors in, in that region. Okay? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Bahrain. Again, not a democracy, but open, more open to the Western ideals than, uh, than let's say, some of their neighbors, Iran and, yeah. and, and elsewhere. Then I look at United States and Israel, who are by far that at the leader of this pact, they're also at the leader when it comes to democracy. And if you think of it, they're the leaders when it comes to democracy, they're the leaders when it comes to sharing, spreading the wealth, let's say. Biggest difference though that I think about is that United States was able to do the vaccination thing on their own. They didn't need another country to help them out with it. Russia, same thing, right? So I didn't mention it before, but they were able to do it on their own. Israel, didn't do the vaccine in Israel. Do, do, do any of you know, do you, like, do you know why Israel is so high in its, like why they got to 45 or 50%? It's because they have great healthcare system. Ah, great, so great healthcare system, and we always thought that it was gonna be the army, I think, that was yeah. gonna, because they were so set up. But they also did something else that, that was so Israeli in nature. They agreed, with Pfizer that they would hand over all of the information that they had. No names, but right. they would follow people. And Pfizer then said, oh look, it's a country of eight million people. We could get so much information just from this little country because they're so good. What makes Israel that country that's able to do that? Like you said, they're, they're willing to give up their information. They're willing to help with the studies about COVID and how the vaccine works. It's just, it's not only about making their country um, safer and, and helping the, like the health of their civilians, it's also just about improving in general the world, like um, giving their information what they find, it's, it's only gonna help improve the vaccine. Nice, nice. I think there is that Israeli um, mentality of like wanting to help others because they also wanted to vaccinate all of the Holocaust survivors. Mm -hmm. in the world, not beyond Israel borders. So it's, I think there is that mentality that uh, I think you had mentioned before, Jeff, about how um, the Talmud, the Torah, the, it's always like you always have those, the sanctity the want. of life. Yes, the sanctity right. of life. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. But what I'm so curious about in like hearing how like the Middle East is like being like leaders and this is a democratic Middle East is being leaders in all of this. It's, it's uh, where does Canada fit into all of this? 
How are like because we have a great to your point, Haley, we have a great healthcare yeah. system. Maybe the sharing of information does that does that point give you like um, reason to pause and to say, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, well, maybe uh, Canada stuff that Israel doesn't have to deal with. Like a lot of our population, it's a smaller population in comparison to the size of land we have, so it's very spread out and very rural. So uh, Canada has to deal with the logistics of getting vaccines to people living in northern Quebec or uh, random places all over. None of it, yeah. Which Israel doesn't really have to look at as much. This is such a current issue that, like, you guys have been dealing with, I guess, have, like, talking in class about the current issues of Israel. Uh, what kind of tools do you guys feel that you're taking with you as you, you leave our schools and dealing with this, like, current issue? Do you feel that you'd be well-equipped when you go to CJEP and beyond to, uh, to talk about Israel? In, critically, I... It's not just about being an advocate. It isn't just about, like bringing up the positive things and, again, denying people the right to criticize. Because, I mean, that's part of what it is. It's you have to look at both sides of the story and both sides of the coin. And, I mean, by looking at both, you can see, like, okay, there are good things, there are bad things. We need to fix the bad things. But, I mean, you can't completely disregard all positive things just because there are a couple faults. So, I mean, I'm excited to be able to go to higher education and apply that knowledge and just... Really, it's not about arguing. It's about really understanding where other people are coming from and then being able to respond to it with, I, under, I, I get where you're coming from. Like, that makes sense. And, but there's also, it's also important to take into, con- into consideration um, that maybe Israel's trying to fix this or there's good things to look at too. And I mean, I, I can't wait to bring that to the conversation. It's about having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Much like this one. Right. Yes, exactly. You guys? Well, yeah, like you said, we've been taught both the positives and the negatives. So going in, it's going to be easier to have a conversation rather than an aggressive like debate. And I think it's also super important, like Haley said, for us to understand the other side of the argument as well and come to like a civilized agreement, not agreement, like just have a civilized conversation with the other party involved. Um, I think another thing we pick up here at Herzliya is, is critical thinking or looking at problems logically. Like in Ms. Stein's class, when you ask her why we have to learn algebra and how it would ever be useful in our life, she always says it's, it's not about the formulas so much as being able to look at a problem and find all the little steps and find a solution using logic. And I think that's what we get from our, our Jewish classes as well. It's being able to look at a problem logically and to create an argument that's based on logic and on reasons that make sense beyond just emotion. That's awesome. Juliana, based on what you just said, I'm thinking about you guys who are graduating, and I'm going to miss you very much when you leave. You have to know that. What what kind of advice would you give, like, the SEC 1, SEC 2ers that are going through Jewish studies and are just like, why am I learning this? I don't live in Israel. Like, yeah, it's part of my history, tradition, but what kind of advice would you say, like why, why would you feel it's important for them to pay just as much attention in Jewish history as it is to science, for example? Uh, um, 
beyond just getting extra credits for Seja. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is big. It's got big, it. it's important. Um, I think it's important to know where you come from, but also to just learn as much as you can. Because you're given an opportunity to, to learn something that most people don't get to look at. So it's really something special to have an extra language and to have all of this history and culture that you get just for being here. Yeah. So to appreciate that. Yeah, it also goes in part with our identity. Like, I know that coming into Hertz, I was a little bit nervous. Like, oh, there are other kids going to not Jewish schools. Maybe they're going to have, I don't know, baby sci uh, better science curriculums or something like that. But um, which they don't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but I think that the Jewish education that we got here and are still getting for the rest of the year is really important because um, I want to be able to talk about like I want to be able to represent the homeland with um, I, I want to be able to be a, 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 a an active participant in the Jewish so learning the Jewish history that we have it sort of lets us well no it lets us know about the history that we had and which lets us be an active participant in the future conversations because we can look back and yeah, both recognize the mistakes and try and move forward because, you know, you can't move forward without history. Yeah. Well, I think it's important because we were once a long time ago, United Nation, and unfortunately we were exiled and now we're all living in diaspora, so it's important to know our history and, like Juliana said, I think, where we originally came from just as, because it's just as important as any other subject, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, like I, I often, uh, like looking at the SEC 1s and SEC 2s and then looking at you guys and seeing what you've learned along the way, I always, I'm always curious from the student perspective what you're taking away with you and what you would tell your younger self, even though it's only five years ago, like to stick it out, critical thinking that the lessons of our history and in the Talmud would actually like provide a path for you as you move forward into the future. It's, a, it's funny, I, I have a question that isn't necessarily about Israel, but, it, but, it's, um, but it, it's about who we are as students. Um, every year, at least once a year, I have this educational aha moment. Like there's something that I just like, ah, oh, now I get it. Or now I understood what they were trying to say. And as a matter of fact, I witnessed one today in, in uh, actually in your class. It was actually literally in your class, I witnessed an aha moment. I didn't call it out. Well, I did actually call it out, but I didn't call it an aha moment. Um, the, the, I, I'm wondering from you if you've had any of those moments throughout your, I guess, four and a half years already, where you turned around and say, ah. Um, actually, recently, because, um, because of COVID and everything, March of the Living just isn't happening. And I've always been curious about what it's like because I, I mean, you can't really understand what happened in the Holocaust. Be well, you can understand from like a historical perspective, but I mean, no one can really understand. And I think that going on March the Living is really one of the closest, cl yeah, it's really the closest you can get to understanding because you get to see sort of what happened firsthand. So when it was canceled, I was actually, I was kind of worried because, well, yeah, I was worried because um, what it means is that my whole grade, and I guess the grade before me who also didn't have it, are missing that like extra understanding of what 
or like that just under that plain understanding of what happened. So, um, well, I know that I've been trying to really um, look around and go online for resources and things and read about the Holocaust because I feel like I'm really missing that experience. And it was sort of like, it was sort of my aha moment to, wow, this is really important. And it, it's really terrible that my grade is gonna miss out on this experience. And I mean, I'm gonna miss out on this experience. So I've been trying to sort of make up for it by looking for in other directions. It's a good thing that Sec 5 is the year that you start to learn about it. Uh, or that you're yeah. learning immensely about the Holocaust or whatever, mm -hmm. so that works. And also, just so you know, there's adult versions of the March. Right, yeah, there are. So don't yeah. worry, we'll get you there. <laughs> we'll get you there. What about either of you? Do you have any aha moments that you remember from Herzliya? I mean, I was going to say around the lines of what Haley said about March of the Living. Um, it's just super unfortunate that we can't go on March of the Living. It's not really... When you're younger, you see it more as a trip rather than... I mean, you also see it as a learning experience, but you see it as a trip that you take with your friends to have fun. But now that it finally hit us that we're not having it at all, and that is like the one time where we can actually not, I wouldn't say feel the same sadness, but like understand what's happening firsthand rather than seeing pictures or listening to teachers describing it. And it's really a time for you to come to your own conclusions and just understand how horrible the Holocaust truly was. And it's only now making me realize, like, aha, essentially. <laughs> I actually want to hear about your aha moment in education, but I have to just tell you that, so I've been working here eight years now, and my aha moments are every year at the, at the ceremonies because we have Yom HaShoah, Yom HaZikaron, and there's these aha moments where I, I see our students on stage. You guys have all been part of it. You've been an active part in planning in it. And when I see everybody presenting and getting that emotion from the rest of the student body, I mean, we're talking about more than 500 students, that's my moment where I'm like, aha, this is why, Herzliya, this is right. why I'm so proud of our school, I'm so proud of our students, of our teachers, because I see the value in what we've learned, and it's right at those moments. But I'd love to hear about your... Uh... So I, the, the, the one that I witnessed today wasn't mine, it was someone else's, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use it, but I, but I could share one uh, that I had uh, this year, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned the Holocaust, so that's actually probably the closest one. The most recent one that I remember, um, I now got to the point, so I don't only do Israel advocacy at Herzliya, as you know, I've, I've done some other stuff before as well. Um, it's not unheard of that at Herzliya, when I asked the question like, did the Holocaust, was that the precursor to the State of Israel? And it clearly, time-wise, it happened first, but what is it, was it the precursor? Less and less of our students are saying yes now. Um, and for me, that's an aha moment. That is a, a switch that I'm happy about because as someone who's a child of a survivor and have uh, grandparents and great-grandparents or whatever that, that um, were, were majorly affected in the Holocaust, um, I wouldn't be okay with that happening just for the State of Israel to happen. 
And slowly, we started, I started to see throughout at least this last five years at Herzliya, but even more so with everywhere else, that um, there's something about it that you're all saying, or that I hear, it's yes and. It's not that it had to happen, but because it happened, maybe it made the international community a little bit nicer to the Jews, but it was going to happen anyways. Um, and you only get that in places like this. Herzliya for sure, right? Like the, you only get that here. You learn about that stuff. Since you were for sure in grade eight, uh, you've learned about uh, those type of things. And, and I finally got to see it in my class this year. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Before we end, uh, I just wanted to, back to the Israel portion of it. Um, you guys are all, when you leave and go on to higher education, you won't be, I, I'm assuming there's not a Jewish studies course there that's is. like mandatory. Oh, no. no, not like mandatory. Here. So do you guys plan on still staying engaged? Do you like, like, are you going to be involved in clubs? Like what's your, as you leave Herzliya, what kind of, what are you taking with you? Where are you going and how are you going to be involved as staying in touch with Israel, if at all? I mean... I know, well, I have older siblings, so I get to hear about all the pro programs that are offered. So, I mean, there's Birthright and things like that, and there's Hillel, which is um, on basically every campus. Um, so I know I plan on going to events, and yeah, I mean, I'm gonna stay active because that's who I am, like, as a Jew. Like, I like to practice these things. I can understand if people are less religious um, that, um, or maybe still will, or maybe won't, but I know that I plan on, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I plan on staying active in the community, doing what I can. Oh, regardless of what I want, I know my mom's gonna put me in some classes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I would continue some sort of Israel engagement in the future. I don't know if it would be um, advocating for Israel, but it would involve some way of tying myself to Israel because it is a part of who I am and what I've learned here in Jewish school for many years. Benj? Yeah, I definitely see myself doing it as well. I mean, I've been at Herzliya for five years, and I think just dropping my involvement with Israel, doing activities involving Israel, it would just be too intense, and I'd miss the energy created through those activities too much. So I think I'm definitely going to either join a club or find some other way to help Israel or activate for it. Do you think that we set students up to keep searching for it beyond Herzliya? I'm sorry? You were saying that we have the activities here and that like you would miss it too much. Do you think that at Hertz we set students up so that they look for these things afterwards, after they leave our, our building? Well, yeah, I think the school does a good job at really showing um, what it means to be involved with Israel and they create such a fun atmosphere when they do so and they just make it so that after high school I mean all the memories you've created all the fun you've had you can't really do that unless you find some way to be involved with Israel after you graduate connected. exactly yeah if you had a sentence what would you say you were gonna miss by the way mine is you I say that every. I, oh, sweet. I, I'm gonna Aww. say I say it every year. I really do. I usually only teach sec five, and I really say every. I'm not gonna see you in the halls next mm. year, and I know I'm gonna miss you. Um, but can you like? What are you gonna miss? Just passing by my friends every day. 
because God knows how many different classes, teachers there are in CJEP. The odds of me being in at least one class with my closest friends is going to be very unlikely. So it's going to be sad that I'm not just going to be able to see them every day. I'm really going to have to put an effort into talking to them. So community, the idea of your friends, community. Yeah, exactly. Other of you? Yeah, I think like Benji said, it's it's going to be really sad not seeing my friends every day. Or at least, well, I guess I'll make new friends, but still, it's who I've grown up with. Um, but I think I'm also going to miss, well, just the environment at Herzliya. It's, it's very family-like, and maybe it's because we're all part of the Jewish community, but just the school in general builds that sort of, um, yeah, like that feeling. So, yeah, that's, it's going to be hard to find that elsewhere. I don't know. Honestly, I would, I would miss everything. Well, not everything. There's some things I could do without. <laughs> but it's just the famili- familiarity of having all of this stuff that I've been around for five years and getting used to this routine, and now they're going to make me change it. I don't like that. I have no doubt that you guys will all succeed very much wherever you go, and hopefully still come back to visit us. Of course. Please. Yes, yes. I will. Maybe even I'll have you in my class next year or the year after the go mm. Yeah. So you guys, thank you so much. I'm really happy we had this conversation, and I, I'm excited to see where you go, and I'm excited to see the story, hear the stories afterwards. I Thanks think. for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys, and really good luck. We have half a year left, and uh, and then you guys are off, and maybe we'll have like an alumni podcast. Cool would that be? <laughs> yeah. Without masks. Without masks. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully. All vaccinated like Israel. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you. you.